Welcome to Investing in You, presented by Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, a show where we explore and discuss topics relating to finance, community, and life. Welcome back to the podcast. Today in the studio, I have with me Matt Tyne, who's been with Affinity Plus since 2010 and currently works at our university branch location. He's very passionate about teaching our members all things finance and credit related. And today in the studio, we're going to be talking about savings. Matt, thank you for being here. Well, thank you, Michael. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. All right, great to hear. So let's jump right. (laughs) So let's jump right in. In your opinion, why is having a savings so important? A savings account is important because it gives you a sense of security, and it also can be your rainy day account. So when something unexpected happens, and who knows what that might be, who knows what type of rain that might be that comes (laughs) falling down on that day, Michael, could really be anything from a job loss to uh, a vehicle repair uh, to a unexpected expense that you didn't see coming, came out of the whatever, move on. (laughs) (laughs) Came out of nowhere, like all things do. Yeah, yeah. So question for you, Matt. What's the process when a member comes in, they're in a panic, they know they should save, but they just don't know where to start? Well, first and foremost, I'm going to have a conversation with that member just to ask what they might want to save for or if they have any savings at all now or how much they think they might be able to save and really take an individualized approach to that member. But once I have a good conversation going with them and maybe we've looked over the various products that Affinity Plus could offer as far as uh, savings uh, vessels go, then we open it up and talk about some of those other things that we've mentioned here today, like should we make it automatic? Should we start small? How much do you think you can afford to save? So we've established that having a savings is important. Yes. And yet it does seem still to be very challenging for individuals to be able to set aside money on a fairly consistent basis to build that savings. What do you find working with members uh, are some of those more common reasons for why it's difficult to do that? I think a lot of members just don't know where to start with savings, or they think that if they can only afford to put away a little bit of money that it wouldn't make a difference or not having a clear idea of what types of expenses or unforeseen bills or whatnot that you might have coming at you. Okay. So it seems, so would you say that kind of taking an assessment of what are your current financial obligations as it stands right now and what can be something you would need to save for? would be at least a starting point. Yeah, I think it's good to have uh, a, a goal, you know, or, or something that you're saving for, because if you don't have, you know, something that you're saving for, then you might not prioritize it. So it kind of, you kind of lack direction then at that point. So yeah, some self-imposed sure. direction on whether mm-hmm. it's, especially when we were talking about an emergency savings account, so that's for emergencies. Right. So what is an emergency in your life? Is it, and that can take all sorts of forms, um, but looking at, well, what would that be? And then what would be a reasonable amount to save to meet that emergency should it arise? 
Absolutely. So, for example, if you lost your job, maybe adding up what your expenses are each month that there's no getting around, you know, that you couldn't cut out. You know, you might be able to cut out eating out or uh, discretionary spending, but uh, that rent payment or that housing payment, uh, car payment, uh, insurance, things like that, um, it's nice to have a few months of that on hand should anything unexpected come about. But I think most oftentimes we think of like a job loss or a medical bill or uh, an injury to a family member or some other sort of emergency or a global pandemic. Right. We had one of those recently, I think. (laughs) So whether it's foreseen or unforeseen. uh, Yes. Some of those you listed off, you can maybe think, well, that could happen. But then there are those things where you have no idea it's going to happen. And you still have to have a way of... Of, of being able to float at least some of those expenses while you're out there looking maybe potentially for another job or another income mm-hmm. replacement. Yeah, ideally, if you're able to save right. for that. Exactly. Definitely. So you work with a lot of members. I used to work in the branch as well, helping with savings and budgeting and helping members get through financial hardships and situations where they maybe didn't realize that this was possible and, and now they're they're dealing with it. So so what happens if you don't save? Well, if you don't save, then when that rainy day does come, you're left with less options, which usually is when a member would come in and sit down at my desk. Is because one of these things has already happened to them, they have to figure out how they're gonna get through it as far as the money piece goes. So they might come in and apply for a personal loan or a line of credit or revolving credit card type thing, uh, which can help in the interim, absolutely, but that does still need to be repaid in time. Right. So long term, it's 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 a way of dealing with the situation up front, but it's not dealing with it in a way where you're not still left with a debt obligation at the end of it. It's just spaced out over time rather than the bill that you're getting in the immediate that requires action and addressing. Right. And usually these members have uh, these, like I said before, these things have already happened to them. And so it doesn't feel real good, you know, to uh, not know or be able or have anything to do in that situation and to have to seek help. And that's pretty, that's very common. Oh yes, I would. Put, I would say. I mean, Absolutely. I'd put myself in that uh, in that category of it's very for things of that nature. It's very difficult to go in and say I I'm struggling. I need help solving this, or I don't understand it, or I don't even maybe even know what to. I should be looking for. And the assumption is on the other side of the desk is somebody who's never dealt with this, but they have all of the answers. <laughs> um, and that's definitely not the case. Uh, everyone is probably the, one of the things that's really great about working with members is you have that ability to connect with them on that level of, I know exactly what you're going through because I've gone through it as well. Oh, absolutely. And I know how much it's, I know how hard it is for you to be here right now telling me, telling a complete Mm -hmm. stranger something this personal. Sure. Being able to help them navigate that. Uh, Maybe it is some of those options that you already listed off. But then there's also the side of, well, let's do a little bit of preventative work as well. So 
moving forward, here are some things that you can do to have more options available to you should this arise you know, in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. So once we're done discussing the pressing the issue, issue exactly. uh, of the moment, then uh, we often discuss ways to start saving uh, for the next the next rainy day. Yeah, the, the next, next, rainy the next day. one that you hope doesn't come. Right. Whether it probably be will. Tomorrow or next week or, or 10 years from now. Exactly. But uh, it's probably going to rain again. Yep. <laughs> Even yeah. rains in the desert. <laughs> so I like to encourage people to start small with their saving plan and not to overthink it too much and to try to find a technique that works for them. Uh, an internet search could be a great way to to find out some some techniques for for saving. Uh, before I came on here today, Michael, I did a little internet search myself, and just a few of the things I came up with were setting a goal, the fifty thirty twenty budgeting plan, uh, making it automatic, or fifty two week challenge, just to name a few. So, so finding something that's going to work for you. And, Absolutely. And what you have going on uh, financially. Because one of the things I've noticed when I used to work with members, and I'm sure you noticed too, is that the ability to save is something that, uh, or the struggle to save, is something that doesn't know an income bracket. You can be making a ton of money. You can be making, in your opinion, maybe not as much money as you would like to be still finding ways to save in a way that allows you to have that rainy day fund can be a challenge based on whatever your expenses happen happen to be so to your point there is no one size fits all solution for saving but whatever it is that you decide to do um there's going to be a lot of positive reinforcement that goes into setting aside those funds and knowing that you can consistently do that and that you're building towards that goal that you goal that you mentioned earlier which is what is that emergency right and, and as that fund gets bigger the types of emergencies that that fund covers also grows as well so maybe it's it starts off with maybe being able to do groceries for two weeks and then it's maybe groceries for a month and then it's maybe it's a car repair bill and then it's rent or house payment or whatever for a couple months and then as it grows and grows and grows you can look at that and go wow i can handle all of these types of emergencies and maybe i don't have to go in and sit with matt again and, go and say all right well what are my options you know to deal with this now because i haven't done that that upfront work um to, pr to protect myself or my family so on the positive note of that, what are some of the positives just outside of finance that come from having a savings plan that, you're, that you stick to? Well, like I said earlier, the biggest thing that having savings gives you is that feeling of security, that peace of mind, you know, sleeping soundly at night, knowing that you have a little bit of cash set aside for that rain, that rainy day. Absolutely. It's that feeling of security probably a little less stressful too as you're moving through life knowing that you can handle those emergencies absolutely yes yeah and probably i guess addition in addition to that is if you do find yourself needing to still take out some 
bit of money because that savings that you have maybe doesn't fully cover it, at least you'll be taking out less. So if you do need to take out a small personal loan for something, um, if it's an emergency, you'll have to take out less. But if you're using that savings for a down payment on something that's not an emergency, but something you do want to use it for. So uh, if you're buying that car or buying a home or whatever, whatever it is that purchase that you want to make, uh, that you've that you are buying it in full and that you've got the money there set aside that's not impeding the other financial obligations that you have and you're able to to handle that purchase. Yes, absolutely. On that, that's a really good point that you make there, Michael, is uh, having you know some down payment, uh, which a savings can be great for when you are buying that house or that car. Um, gives you a sense of ownership in it as well. Exactly. So would you recommend having the emergency savings be something you address first and then sort of the savings for the non-emergency purchases that you want to do or doing both at the same time? What would you what do you usually recommend to members? Because because it seems like we're wanting both kind of need to be covered. You've got sure, the emergency for the true rainy days, as you said, but then you also have savings for those things that you do want to not wait until the rainy day to, to use the money for. I think this also comes back to the individualized approach that I encourage members to take. So if you want to have that be one savings account, great, go ahead and do that, you know, and then just kind of see what rain comes up first. So we kind of talked about positives, um, but you were talking about emergency, but then also savings just so that you're not using your emergency savings to make those purchases. I guess the question is, I used to tell that to members as well. Like emergency is truly hands-off money, but that's not just the only savings you should have. You should also have a savings or be working for a savings towards those larger purchases so that you're not using, that you're properly budgeting for those things rather than just buying it off the cuff. Just now I was going to say the individualized approach, but then I was like, no, I do actually want to say that the emergency fund should be for an emergency (laughs) and not for a down payment on a car. Yeah. Um, Do you recommend having it sort of a dual approach to savings? Do you tackle the emergency savings first and get that to where you think it needs to be based on, you know, the recommendation that you have about six months worth of living expenses saved up and you focus on that first before you even bother doing the, the savings or do you want it to be sort of a, well, it's kind of on, an, an, on a situational basis based on what someone can actually realistically do. Right. How much you can realistically do and then what kind of unexpected expense comes up or unexpected life event. Yeah. Like in, in your eyes, which is the most important, the emergency account? or I would say the emergency account, yeah. And okay. I like your hands-off kind of comment there. Yeah, of just, of of yeah, kind of it's truly for an emergency so even if you have like your one-off approach maybe the accounts at another financial institution where you don't have your spending account so that it's really hands-off and you got to do a little bit of work to it's accessible but it's not excessively easily accessible from a spending standpoint yeah and i would say michael if that works for you that that's the way that you should do it because (laughs) just kind of circling back to that there is no one size fits all way of doing this so if it works for you to have it 
at another institution. I think that's great. I personally have some of my money held voluntarily, so I can't have access to it unless I contact that employee branch and have them remove that hold. Sure. So it's all, yeah, it's all about having that custom solution for you, knowing yourself enough to know what do, how do I really have to have my finances set up and how do I have to structure my saving so that the rainy day fund, the emergency fund is truly a hands-off, only getting used in emergency situation type fund. And then if I want to save for down payments or a larger purchase, that that's not money that's co-mingling with the emergency fund. That would definitely be my recommendation, is that the emergency fund is for that true emergency. And generally, other than that, it's hands-off or it's on hold or it's at a different financial institution or something like that. So depending on how that's something you personally can set up, maybe through your online banking or mobile banking, or a lot of employers do have the ability to route money to specific accounts if you so deem that being the best way for you to to manage your your savings coming out of your paycheck. Absolutely. And I think that's a great idea, too, to make it automatic. That was one of the things that came up in my internet search was, uh, uh, you know, if that's one of your barriers is that you forget or uh, you need to hide it somewhere else, then having it direct deposited somewhere or making the transfer automatic or what have you can be really effective for you, but it might not work for me. Exactly. But then it is out of sight. It's out of sight. It's out of mind. You can watch that account grow. And you also adjust your spending accordingly, uh, you've, I find anyways. Uh, I think a lot of members find that too, that when the money that, when they have that savings automatically getting routed and then the bill money, what's left over is just going into the checking, then their spending habits and et cetera sort of shift to what falls within that amount rather than all of the money going there. And then it's on you to do the moving things around to make sure that all the all the savings is right. getting yeah. properly dispersed. Sure. So, uh, so if you prioritize it and find something that works for you, then I think you're absolutely correct. It's the way to go. So we don't want it to be all doom and gloom. <laughs> As savings can be sometimes, it's all disaster preparedness and thinking ahead for worst case scenario. But you've been with Affinity Plus since 2010. You've had a lot of members come through your branch. Are there any standout success stories that have really stuck with you? Well, I can think of two off the top of my head that that really stand out to me here. I was working with a member some years ago who really, really wanted to get this, this certain car. It was their dream car. They really, really wanted it. And so we sat down and we did an application for it. And in that moment, there was just no way that that I could approve that for them. So we talked about it, and they purchased a more modest car in that moment. And a couple of years later, they came back and had some money down. They had a little bit of equity in the vehicle they had purchased before. And then at that time, we were able to get them into their dream vehicle. And what was that dream vehicle? I think it was a Chrysler 300. Fancy. The so other, how did it feel for them to have that, to come back? Had you advised them on, well, here's how you want to maybe go about this if you do want to get that car in the future? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, we partnered together during okay. that time. Okay. 
And the other member that I'm thinking of uh, was a really good saver. Uh, she didn't really need a lot of help from me, but uh, we had worked together a lot, so she shared her success with me. And that was that she was able to retire at 57 years old because she had done. She had really prioritized it. She had that goal way off in the distance for many, many years, and she made it. What was her strategy that we can all learn from? <laughs> uh, start early, start small. And consistency. And stay disciplined. Absolutely. <laughs> so for a member listening, what is, or anyone listening for that matter, what is one takeaway that someone who maybe finds saving less than easy uh, could take away and implement for themselves? The biggest thing I would want listeners to take away from this, and we've mentioned it a few times already, is that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to saving. Uh, when I meet with members, I like to tell them that there are as many ways to manage your finances, including saving, as there are members at Affinity Plus or people in the world. Uh, don't get discouraged if you aren't successful with your current approach or your first approach, whether that be because you just couldn't or didn't do it or because that approach isn't working for you. Give yourself a little grace and try again. Perfect. Well, I think that's a beautiful note to end on. Thank you for stopping in today, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me, Michael. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Investing in You. We hope you found it informative and inspirational. Special thanks to Minnehaha Recording Studio for use of their amazing facility. If you'd like to revisit any part of the episode, check out the show notes on our website at affinityplus.org. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and you'll be notified as soon as new episodes are released. And we'd love to hear from you. Tell us what you thought about the episodes and what you'd like to hear on future episodes by connecting with us on social media. We'll be back with our next episode, but until then, keep investing in you. Affinity Plus is federally insured by the NCUA.